Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. And the way we feed our faith is by faith food, genuine faith food. (laughs) If you want to know what is the purest form of faith food, It's the inspired Word of God. No artificial additives or preservatives. (laughs) It is pure. It is refined. All it will do is put truth in you and nourish you. Now, there's all kind of other things out in this world you can listen to and hear. And many of them are contaminated. They're diluted. They're watered down. They're... Uh, any number of things. Some, th- some things are outright spiritual poison. To, to watch them, listen to them, feed on them is to hurt yourself. But this, hallelujah, will, will help you. It'll nourish you. So get your Bible, get something to make some notes with, come on into the classroom, and let's get fed again today. Father, we thank you that we... You give us each day our daily bread, our our manna from heaven. We ask you for it, and we thank you for it. And we we reach out to lay hold of a supply of your spirit and a quickening of your word and spirit. We ask for answers and direction and help for now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look, please, in the word again in Luke, the uh, 17th chapter. We're down to our 18th individual case of healing in our study in the ministry of Jesus, talking about faith for healing. And in verse 11, it begins by saying, Luke 17, 11, It came to pass, as Jesus went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice, glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus answering said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger or foreigner. And he said unto him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Hallelujah. And the great news about this is if their faith would make them whole, our faith would make us whole. Right? 
Uh, I know somebody uh, gave their testimony about that they had a condition that the best doctors around said they could not uh, recover from. And uh, it, when it was them first hearing about it, they thought, well, maybe I could be healed by God. And so when they reached out to some ministers in the area, they told them that that had all uh, passed away, that there were miracles in the beginning days, but, you know, and there were miracles with Jesus, miracles with the 12 apostles. But when, when they died and passed on, that was, that's over, that's passed away. And so, man, he, you know, he thought, well, that's, <laughs> I can't be healed then, you know, and, and so, but he continued to read the Bible and, and pray and ask the Lord. And, his, and on one occasion, he said the thoughts came to him. He realized later it was the Spirit of God helping him. And said, well, have you ever heard of faith being done away with? <laughs> that faith has passed away. He thought, no, no. And he saw in the Word, like the woman with the issue of blood, the same thing the Lord said to her. Your faith has made you whole. Have you ever heard any, anybody say that faith has been done away with? He thought, no. And he said a thought came to him again. It's the Holy Spirit helping him. He said, no, and you never will. Because if there's no faith, there's no Christianity. There's no church, right? And no, thank God faith is still with us. And, and if we still have faith, faith will still do what it did, right? It's the same kind of faith from the same source. So no, don't let anybody tell you that you can't be healed, that you can't have your needs met, that you can't be delivered and set free. But your faith is a factor, and faith must be fed. If you listen to the wrong things, it can actually take faith out of you. But if you listen to the right things, it'll put faith into you. And so this, these individuals were healed from what was considered an incurable and terminal disease, which is uh, they were excluded from the, they, if you will, they, they weren't allowed any interaction with uh, even their family or anybody, and it's because they were infectious. And this, now this is another indication of the inspiration of the scriptures. Nobody knew what a germ was back then. When that was written, there were no microscopes. Nobody knew about viruses and, and bacteria. And, and, and you know what the Lord is telling them to do? Wash your hands. Is that right? Wash this. Wash that. Wash the other. Several things about washings. And then when somebody had something that was a problem, he would say they need to be separated or quarantined, we'd, we'd call it. And nobody would have known why back then, but it's to prevent it spreading through the, the rest of the folks. And, um, but there was provision for healing by the power of God, even in the Old Covenant. And we're going to talk about that in, uh, at some point in this study. But it said that um, they came, they were traveling, going to Jerusalem, and they passed through this region of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him these ten men that were lepers. Let's talk about that uh, just a little bit more, about leprosy. Like I said um, on yesterday's class, that literally, the Greek word 
literally means scaly. And apparently what happened was the skin became scabbed and scales and just an, an awful condition, rough. And like we said, it was infectious. And um, if you turn with me and go to uh, Leviticus, we see the Lord gave, like I was referring to, even back then, he gave directions about uh, identifying this and what to do with it. Leviticus, the 13th chapter. You know, um, oftentimes people neglect the Old Testament and it's, it's a big mistake because what may sound like, you know, tedious instructions of ceremonies are much more. They're much, much more. They are graphic pictures of redemption. Graphic pictures. And everything that you'll see is pointing toward Jesus is pointing toward the work of the cross. It's pointing toward uh, salvation and, and healings and deliverances. And it said in, in Leviticus 13, uh, if the person was identified to be, to be leprous and he gives um, a way to diagnose it, and again, back then, medicine was nowhere near having the ability to diagnose this uh, based on that, based on their knowledge. And, um, but, of course, God knew all these things. And verse 44, if it was established that the person had this disease, he's a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean. His plague, this was where they saw the disease was in his scalp or head. And verse 45, the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, his head bare. He'll put a covering upon his upper lip and shall cry, unclean, unclean. And so if you were diagnosed with this, this is how you had to appear so that people could see you from a distance. Your clothes are ripped and you got a covering over your, your mouth. And you have to yell if somebody starts getting close to you, unclean, unclean. Well, you said, I'm unclean. Don't, don't get close to me. Isn't that a terrible way to live? Verse 46, all the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone. Without the camp shall his habitation be. So they couldn't live in town, they couldn't live around other people. They had to live on the outskirts. And if anybody got close, they had to yell, unclean. This was a literal disease, physical problem. It's also a picture of being unclean. It is a, a picture of a spiritual thing as well. And the truth is, all of us have uh, sinned and come short of the glory of God. And even our best efforts were as filthy. You remember that phrase? Filthy, what's that? Unclean, rags. And without Him and without the washing and cleansing of the blood, we were unacceptable. 
we were defiled. We were unclean because of sin, because of the curse. Oh, but thank God for Jesus. I said, thank God for the cleansing, washing blood. Well, if the Lord can cleanse the spirit, he can sure cleanse the body, right? And see the cleansing of the body that they had people healed of leprosy even back here then. And we're going to see it in just a bit that then they would go through a ritual that portrayed Jesus. And if you could get healed based on a type of Jesus, why couldn't you get healed based on Jesus? Right? If, if they could get healed under a, a worse covenant, we got a better covenant. Isn't that right? We got a better covenant. Well, if we lost physical healing in our better covenant, we could get something spiritual, but we couldn't get something physical, that it's not entirely better. It's only better in certain places, right? But is it better or not? This new covenant, it's a better covenant in every way, right? If I lifted up a $100 bill and I lifted up a $50 bill and I said, which one's better? Huh? Class, come on. Which one's better? It's not a trick question. The 100 is better. You might say, why? It's got the 50 in it plus. And that's our new covenant. We got everything they ever had plus, plus, plus. Hallelujah. Don't tell me we lost things by the coming of Jesus. Don't tell me they could get things in the old covenant. I mean, God made Abraham rich, didn't he? And, and numerous others. There were... Uh, revelations of blessing in keeping the law that you'd be spared, protected, you'd be prospered, you'd be kept, you'd be healed. We did not lose any of that by the coming of Jesus. We've got that plus we are not just servants of God, we're children of God. Plus we got the rights to the name of Jesus. Plus we got the Holy Spirit living inside us 24-7, plus, plus, plus. <laughs> but we didn't lose anything. Come on, class, say we didn't lose anything. We didn't lose anything. But you see why that these ten men showed up at a distance and they cried out, Jesus, they had to yell, Jesus, have mercy on us. That's why they didn't get any closer. Because by the law, they are forbidden to. And what a, what a stigma. I mean, you know, maybe one day you got a lovely family, you got a good job, you got a good career, and the next week you've got all these lesions and sores and scabs in your body and you're diagnosed leprous, and you got to leave. You got to leave. You, you can't live with your family. You can't continue your job. And anybody even gets close to you. You got you to keep your clothes ripped so that people notice it. And you got to keep that thing over your face when anybody's around. You got to yell, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. Terrible. But it's a picture of 
a lost, defiled soul without Christ. It is a picture of that. Uh, we're not okay without Jesus. You hear a lot of people uh, talk like, uh, that if they even believe in God, that everybody's going to heaven. And when anybody dies, they act like, well, you know, they went to heaven. Did they? Does everyone go to heaven when they die? That's not what the Bible says. So people are just making up things that they believe and believing things contrary to the Bible and are trying to say, well, we all have our own way of worshiping God and we all have our own beliefs. Well, Jesus said nobody comes to the Father except by Him. Now, you can believe something else if you want to, but that means you don't accept the Bible. You don't accept the Word of God. You don't believe that that's right. And we're going to find out past this life who's right. And for some, it's going to be too late. We're not okay without Jesus. I don't care how good of a person you've tried to be. Uh, People have this idea, and you hear them talking about it. Well, you know, when I get to heaven and and I get to the pearly gates, it's actually a gate made out of a pearl, but I get to the pearly gates and I meet St. Peter. Well, who said Peter was keeping the gate? You know, just a bunch of stuff. And uh, I sure hope they let me in. Well, that sounds like you're not even going that direction. Well, you don't know I've been a good person. It's got nothing to do with being a good person. And no, Peter's not going to meet you at the gate. And there's not going to be some scale balance where they weigh your good works versus your bad works. And if you had enough to get in, oh man, it's a good thing you did that last good work because, boy, it was close. It was close. Okay, skim in before anybody notices. Come on. That's a bunch of junk. That's not reality. No, there's only one way to the Father. There's only one way in, and it, according to the Bible, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, you must be born again. Amen. And the way you're born again is you believe on him. And you, you have to acknowledge, I'm not okay without him. Because if you think you are, you think you don't need him, then you think all that he did going to the cross, that was unnecessary for you. You could have got in on your own. Not true. Absolutely not true. I keep saying it, but let me say it again. None of us are okay without Jesus. None of us, nobody in any group, any generation, any culture, nobody makes it to the Father except through Jesus. If they can, then this Bible is wrong and all of this is not right. But it is right. You see confirmation after, like we, like we were talking earlier, how can prophecies be made centuries and thousands of years prior that are exactly correct and precise over and over again, hundreds of times, thousands of times, this is no ordinary book. And so if it says, and Jesus said, you can't get to the Father except through me. If you don't believe, Jesus said this, If you don't believe I'm the one, you will die in your sins. That's what he said. And in 1 John he says, if you don't have the Son, you don't have the Father either. 
You can't have the Father without the Son. But you're alive, you're breathing, you're watching this, there's opportunity. Hallelujah. It's not, somebody say, thank God. Thank God it's not too late. Let's act on it. We don't know who's watching, but you can receive Jesus right now or you can come back to him right now. But you start out with this. Everybody said out loud, Father God, I acknowledge I am not okay without Jesus. I can't save myself. I'm, I was unclean. I was unacceptable. I had sinned and come short of the glory of God. But I believe in Jesus, and I receive Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior, and I receive forgiveness and cleansing and full salvation. Thank you, Lord, for making me acceptable. Thank you, Lord, for making me clean. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Hallelujah. We're not relying on what we've done or how good we've been to make heaven to be saved. That is a giant mistake. We are relying completely on what Jesus did. Are we, are we class? We are relying completely on what he has done. Someone said, what about your good works? You'll be rewarded for them. But that's not what saves you. I said, that's not what saves you. You'll be rewarded for your good works, but uh, you're not saved because of your good works, regardless of how much you've given, how much you've sacrificed, none of that will save you. But Jesus already has bought and paid the price. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What we were saying is this, this, this terrible, ugly thing called leprosy, making an individual unclean, disgusting, if you will. It's the physical picture of being apart from God and defiled in sin. But the Lord cleanses both. He cleanses all. If he can cleanse the spirit, he can sure cleanse the body. Amen. Right? Yes. And so it is his will that we be cleansed. It is his will. Somebody say, it is his will. It is his will. In, uh, in Jude, if you go there, just one chapter in Jude, and notice this. Jude, and uh, I believe it's the 21st verse. A lot of times uh, people in our camp, they, they're familiar with verse 20 about building yourselves up, on praying in the Holy Spirit. But verse 21 goes on to say, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy. What did they ask for? They asked for mercy. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And this mercy and compassion go hand in hand. That's uh, more than once it said Jesus was moved with compassion toward people, and, and sometimes it said he was moved with compassion and healed their sick. And there's a reason why these ten lepers came and cried out to him and asked for mercy. Why would they do that? 
they've heard about other situations. They've heard about other cases. Perhaps they heard about the leper we studied in the first case. Maybe news had gotten to them about a leper being healed. That whole story. And so when they heard Jesus was coming through nearby, they made the effort. They made the trip. And they didn't want to get too close. They knew they weren't supposed to. But they could lift their voice. And they could make a loud sound. (laughs) And they cried out and asked for mercy. There's a revelation right here. Healing is a mercy. Say it out loud, class. Healing Healing is a mercy. A mercy. A mercy. Well, would God allow a mercy to one and refuse a mercy to another? No. The scripture says he's rich in mercy to all that call on him. Hallelujah. That's another way of saying he's rich in healing. (laughs) To all who call. Why? Because healing is one of his many mercies. Say it again, healing, healing. Is, a mercy. is a mercy. So uh, he said, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. We keep seeing these uh, connections to this graphic picture of filthy and, and unclean. And here we see it's, it's telling us have compassion and make a difference and, and pull some of them out of the fire. Doesn't mean you have to like the condition that they're in, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. We're not to just be disgusted by ungodly and defiled things. You're not supposed to like it, but you're supposed to care that the person is in that condition, right? And you want to be honest, how long ago was it since you were in some kind of condition like that, right? I mean, all of us have made mistakes. All of us have done things we shouldn't have done. And without him, we were not okay. We were unclean spiritually. But here it says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Uh, I know we were riding with some pastors one time years ago through a real rough part of a big city. And it was some, you know, rough looking people standing there. And the pastor's wife just teared up. She said, that's somebody's baby. I thought, that's right. That's, I mean, they look like somebody you wouldn't want to, to spend any time with. They might hurt you, but she's seeing them in a better way. That's somebody's baby. They weren't always that way. They got off, and how many understand there's no case too hard for the Lord to save? There's no case too hard, no case too filthy for the Lord to clean up, for the blood to clean up. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. And our time's up again. Boy, it seems like it zip, zip. <laughs> Say it out loud. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome this world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. Come back tomorrow. There's a lot more to see here. We'll see you soon. 
here in faith school. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.